Welcome to episode 56 of the Family Geekery Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Amber. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite books. But first, let's talk about our weeks. Do you see something? <laughs> you see a movie, Danny, without the rest oh, of us? Oh, I did. Yeah, you loser. I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Across the Spider-Verse? Oh. <laughs> Wait, they titled it differently? Yeah. Uh-oh. She didn't even see the movie. I thought it was really good. Thanks for thanks for waiting for your loving family to see it with you. Of course. So we're going to have to see that this weekend then, right, Amber? Yeah. And I felt bad. I wanted to watch it last weekend, and I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to wait for my family. I watched the first movie the other night because I forgot what happened. Oh. I, I kind of get some of the like 17 Spider-Man movies mixed up sometimes. Well, they're all good, so. Yep. What about you, Amber? Um, I've not really done much. Um, still reading Lord of the Rings. I read the first two chapters so far. Woohoo! Uh, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of description and a lot of like backstory, which is really cool because you don't really get that in the movies as much. So it's kind of cool. Nice. Plus, books have unlimited special effects budgets. Yeah, true. So they can do whatever they want. What about you? Did you do anything geeky? Uh, let's see. We are one month out from uh, appearing at our first Comic-Con. So I'm starting to assemble bits and pieces. Starting to uh, get some stuff ready for it. And I've got an idea of what the booth is going to look like. But now I just got to make sure... We get all the, the the little pieces to make it to make it look pretty. And have yeah. a meeting that we totally were supposed to have at dinner. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yep. But yeah, we'll have to go see that movie this week. We got Transformers coming out this weekend also. Another one? So that's usually one that I go and watch by myself with all my friends. By myself. With all my <laughs> friends. Your friends are Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. That's right. And Optimus Prime is always proud of me. Optimus Prime is in Fortnite. Is Optimus he? Prime is in Magic the Gathering. Mm. That dude gets around. He's in everything. But besides our tagline, he's got one of the coolest taglines. Autobots. Autobots. Roll, Roll out. out. Yeah. He's cool. Alright, so let's get into our favorite books. Who's going to start? We're going to do like a round robin-ish type thing? Yes, Yes, except I have double how many you guys have. I it's think. it's like start? Christmas. The, <laughs> the old people have only a few things and the young kids got them all. So why don't you, uh, why don't we kick it off with Amber? Okay. Well, I can't talk about my favorite books without talking about my favorite set of series of all time. And I've talked about it before on the show. It's Percy Jackson and the Olympians and the follow-up series, Heroes of Olympus. And man, do I have words about this book series. Like, they are so good. Percy Jackson is the perfect um, protagonist. He's sassy and silly and just everything you want out of a, you know, a 12-year-old kid telling a story for, you know, for 12-year-old kids to read about. It's it's great. Um and it really, I guess, fortified my interest in, in Greek mythology and just like mythology in general, um, because I had learned a little bit about it in school beforehand, but just reading it and reading all the stories and myths that uh, Rick Riordan referenced in the books, I just gained a, you know, incredible interest in, in Greek mythology as a whole. And in the second series, you get a lot more Roman mythology. And that's just been a lifelong passion of mine, just learning about all kinds of different myths. Um, and so I'll say like a, <laughs> a, a sub-favorite book of this one is The Odyssey, <laughs> which is probably a weird one to put on these lists. But um, I really like 
um, the Odyssey. It's a, it's a great story about Odysseus traveling back home. Um, and it's referenced in Percy Jackson, but also I just have read it a bunch of times for many different classes and it's great every time I read it. So that's my first book, books, I guess. Nice. Cool. All right, Danny, how about you? My favorite book series is um, Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yeah. By the author Lemony Snicket, which I think is like his code name. Because there's a lot of like lore about Lemony Snicket and all that stuff. But Series of Unfortunate Events is a long book series on these three orphans who whose parents died in a fire. And basically they're going around all these different family members who are trying to get or take custody of them. Except the first one, Count Olaf, wants to steal our, all their money. And he does that by many different things and... Basically, that's what the whole series is about, but it's really good. And there's a movie. I really like the movie. And Netflix mm-hmm. also took over. And that's a really good series, too. But, yeah. Yeah. I liked those a lot. I didn't read a lot of them. Um, I think it was like my fifth grade teacher would read us uh, a little bit of it each day. And I think we got through like the first five books in the whole school year, which is kind of crazy. Um, and so I read a couple after that, but then I just, (laughs) you know, stopped reading those books and the show, I think did a really good job. The Netflix show did a really good job, um, Mm -hmm. adapting the books into a, a pretty good representation. Yeah. The movie was hard because it's hard to fit likes plus 10 books into one movie and it was only the first three books but the netflix each season was about three books or so cool so if you guys are starting off with favorite series i'm gonna i'm gonna add i'm gonna add to my list you just made me think about it (laughs) so i've actually got a favorite series and embarrassingly enough it's a young adult series oh no that i read as an adult but it's uh, the the first book. I actually picked up the book at I think five below for like a dollar, and it looked interesting. The premise sounded pretty cool. I didn't know it was a young adult book. I should have, considering <laughs> it was in five below. <laughs> but, but I didn't think about it. And as my daughters know, I don't actually read books. So, <laughs> so I bought the book knowing that I'd never read it. But it seemed interesting, and it, it the, the dollar was a cheap enough investment that I figured I'd let it sit on the shelf for a while, and then eventually I'd find the, the audiobook of it and read it that way. <laughs> That's the only way I can read books, is audiobooks for some reason. I just can't, uh, I just can't read written, written pages. I fall asleep like in three words. Well, you do so. that with everything you do. So That's true. And this is something all my life, like, so I've read one single book all my life. We'll get to that one later, but, (laughs) (laughs) but this one is by Don Calame and it's a book called Swim the Fly. And Don Calame actually made three books in the series, which is awesome because after I read the first one, I was like, this is, these characters, they just need more. So he he ended up making two more books, uh, Beat the Band and Call the Shots. But basically, Swim the Fly, what, what caught my attention was it, it had to do with swimming the butterfly, you know, the, the swimming stroke. And that sounded interesting to me because I swam competitively when I was younger. So, um, but but the premise, the whole premise of the book is three friends coming into summer. I think they're like 14, 15 years old or something. And every summer they set some goal for the summer. And the main character, he's set this goal to swim 100 yards of the butterfly, which is not an easy stroke. So he's never been able to do 100 yards before. He wanted to do 
100 yards. Well, his friends are like, that's kind of boring. You know, that's that's good for you, but the three of us need to have some kind of a a goal by the end of the summer. So if you can imagine what three teenage boys in the summer would, would set for their goal, it was to see a, a real live naked female <laughs> by the end of the summer. So, so the whole book is nothing but fart jokes and, you know, teenage kids. <laughs> so it was exactly perfect for my mentality. And, uh, it was, it was a great, it was a great book. Just, I mean, on, on par with watching something like American Pie. So if anybody has seen the American Pie movies, you know, what I'm getting at is, you know, just funny, slapstick, crazy situations that they get themselves into. And uh, and you'll have to read it to find out if they achieve their goal of seeing a real live naked female. Hmm. I remember you gave me the physical copy of the book and I read some of it, but... I guess I just wasn't as interested. <laughs> You're not into 14-year-old fart jokes? No, no, probably not when you gave it to me. But I, it's been sitting on my shelf, so maybe someday I'll get back to it. There you go. All right, back to you then, Amber. The next one that I have on my list is a book called Verity by Colleen Hoover. And I think this one I've also talked about before. I think I read it while we were recording the podcast, so I probably mentioned it before. But this is a really good book. It's a good, like, suspenseful thriller um, with some romance involved. Um, And that's just, like, that's all you need. Some romance, some murder. You know? Yes. The book opening with with a guy getting hit by a truck and it getting all over the girl's face. Yay! That's all you need. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds interesting. I can't believe that's how the book opened, but I mean, hey, you need a, a hook to bring people in, and the book just gets better from there. So yeah, that's that's my next one. Cool, Danny. My next one is a book I had to read for school because myself, <laughs> I'm not a big reader either. My attention span just gets lost can't read for that long but i read it for school and it was lord of the flies and um basically i forget how it starts off i think it was like a cruise ship or something i don't know and a bunch of it's a plane crash plane crash i don't know but a bunch of kids get stranded on an island and they basically start up their own government and to try to survive and each of the kids have a different way of doing that and it causes some issues on the island and I think it's it's a really fun book and it sees like you see how little children would be able to survive on their own and I think you missed the point of the book huh <laughs> anyways <laughs> Say I don't talk enough, and then I talk, and now I'm getting into. I'm sorry. Anyways, another reason I like this book because we did we did an assignment in class where our class got to choose the lead kid, and I that was me. So I basically (laughs) became a dictator. Oh, there's Um, the point of the book. So yeah, we I was a dictator on a icy, (laughs) icy, icy. Icy Island. <laughs> and some of my group left to go live on their own. So you lost them. No, you see, you have to you have to kick them in the butt before they can do that. You got to make sure they know your boss or kill them trying. Anyways. Anyways. I like that book. Yeah. That's a good book, except my favorite character died. Spoiler alert. I don't remember. Well, nobody knows who my favorite character was. Well, he's like the only likable character. His name is like, I forget. It's like an animal. What? Right. No, wait, isn't one of them named like Pigpen or something? Yeah, I thought one of them was named Pig or something. I don't know. I don't know. I read the book. Tell us. Yeah, you tell us what that book's about. Did you guys ever see the movie? No. 
We actually we watched clips of it in class, but it was black and white, so the teacher probably thought we didn't care. Oh, it was that movie. There was one in the sixties, and then there was one in nineteen ninety. Hmm. <laughs> just like everything yeah. else, they run out of subjects, so they just recreate movies that have already been created. Well, thirty years later, we're we're due for another Lord of the Flies movie. That's right. Let's start it up. Danny's going to be the uh, the dictator on the icy island. Yes. It can be a cruise ship this time. <laughs> Stranded in the Arctic Circle. I read it like four years ago. The humans will last longer in the in the ice, right? What? <laughs> like, the like you can preserve them to eat. Oh, <laughs> mm. yeah. That's how that works, I guess. We never <laughs> resulted to cannibalism. We are trying to figure out how to fish. <laughs> That's too much work. Why fish when there's perfectly good people already on the island? That's mm-hmm. right. Anyways, right. is it back to me? Yes. All right, so the only book I've ever read. Now, bef- before we get to this, I-, I said that I've never read books. This is this is true, and and some might ask, but what about school? Because Danny just said she had to read a book for school. Well, the the summer in between ninth and tenth grade, so I was like honors student, you know, honors English or whatever. So to to start the tenth grade, you had to read four books over the summer. And I forget what they were. I think one was Scarlet Letter. One was Huckleberry Finn. I think one was the Book of Genesis. What? Yeah. <laughs> Different times. Separation um, of church and but state. It's, but it's non-denominational, I guess. And uh, I forget what the fourth one was. But So that was the, uh, the summer-long thing that I had to do. And I remember looking at the four books, because I had them, and saying, well... Let me try out this Huck Finn thing here. One, because it was it looked like the skinniest book. And two, because I'd been to Tom Sawyer's Island at Disney so many times, I figured I, I know part of this story already, right? They're friends. <laughs> and I might have got a half a chapter into it, and I just couldn't, couldn't do it. So I literally fell asleep while reading that one time. So, yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't read any of the books. Went to school. And, of course, they have quizzes right away. And I failed all the quizzes. And they're like, maybe you're just not cut out for honors English. I said, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not. So, <laughs> so they put me in uh, in regular English. And I had a very easy time the whole year. So it was a good, happy ending to that story. <laughs> so fast forward a couple of years later, I'm, I'm working in a, uh ice cream shop. Uh, probably senior year of high school. And next to the ice cream shop was a bookstore. And I happened to pick up a book. And the only books that I'd actually look at usually in the bookstore were the humor books. Because usually you could find like a joke book or something. And joke books, you don't have to read by chapter. You just flip through it, find a joke, and tell somebody the joke. And it's it's funny. And there was a book there that caught my attention just by the, by the name of it. And it was written by Lewis Grizzard, who's a author slash humorist. And the title is... Don't bend over in the garden, Granny. You know them taters got eyes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you read Animal Farm. And so he's he's got a picture of Lewis Grizzard on the cover, and there's a couple almost like uh, Muppet, you know, Muppet-type <laughs> taters, and they got eyes on them. <laughs> so I, I picked up that book, and, and uh, since I had nothing to do at the ice cream shop because the ice cream shop was right in front of a movie theater. So you'd get real busy for like a half an hour and then you'd have about an hour and a half of nothing because everybody was watching the movie. So I'd, I'd read the book, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Couldn't fall asleep because I was on the clock, so <laughs> wasn't, wasn't able to fall asleep. So it kind of kept me, kept me going. So I don't remember much about it. I, I know it was funny. The guy's written a ton of books, and he's he's world renowned humorist. So it was a, a funny book, but I think it was, uh, if if I remember right, I think it was all uh, sex innuendo, as as the title would imply. <laughs> so it was all sex humor, you know, funny stuff, not not graphic stuff, but just funny stuff. 
but yeah, that's the only book I've ever read. Hmm. But nice. in in my hands, other than audiobooks. <laughs> so back to you, Amber. All right. The next one I have is The Invention of Hugo Cabret. Mm. Now, I read this one a long time ago. Um, but and it's a big book. You know, it's it's like I read it in like fifth grade or something, and it's it's a big book. It's it's kind of scary. But it's not because 80% of it is pictures, <laughs> which is really fun because you can see what's happening. And the artist is great. Like, I forget if the artist is the same person as the author, but whoever the artist was, was really good. And so you'd get like four pages of, of pictures and it's kind of like, you know, the same scene of like a kid running and then it zooms in on his shoe or whatever. Um, but then the story overall was really good. Um, and it was about a kid who lived in like a clock tower. I think this is in France. And he would like steal parts from the like toy guy who I guess had a toy shop in the clock tower. Um, and he did some kind of invention. I forget the ending of the book, but there is a movie, so you can see the movie if you want. I don't remember thinking it was very similar to the book, but that's most movies based off of books. Um, but it was good. The movie that was just titled Hugo? Yeah, yeah. early 2000s? Yeah, it was like 2008 or 10 or something. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Um... It was a good movie. I remember liking it, and the acting was really good. Um, it had that Chloe Grace Mortez person in it, or whatever her name is. Um, but, yeah, that's I remember that being my favorite book when I read it, because it was just so different, like how much art was in it. And there was a reference to the movie The Journey to the Moon, Um by George Mielis, or however, I forget how you say his name, but like the first ever um, special effects movie. And there was a reference to that in the book. And he like redrew the scene. Um, It was really cool. I remember liking that part a lot. Cool. Hmm. All right, Danny. Uh, My next book, I also read it for school. And it's Brave New World. Oh, yeah. I think it's a good one. Um, It's basically a dystopian book about... Basically, like, the government um, growing and conditioning babies and children. And eventually everyone is just conditioned to always be content and happy and... Um, no one has relationships or, like, reproduce on their own or anything. Like, They do have orgy-porgies, though. <laughs> that is right. And you say content. I say drugs. <laughs> yeah. I think it's called, like, Soma or something. Yep. But, and then the protagonist is just trying. Basically to... Jesus. Yeah. But it's a good one. I don't remember which ha- what happens in it much either, but I remember I liked it a lot. Yeah, that was my favorite book that I read in school. And it's basically like the cast system and everybody is kind of like stuck in their cast. And then there's like the outside world, which are the savages, which are just people that aren't in the utopia dystopia. And then one of these guys, he comes and he's like, yo, I want to go because I think his mother or something lived inside there. And so he like joins the utopia and then there's this guy who gives him all the knowledge, but then he gets all the knowledge and he doesn't like it. He like, it's too much for him or something like that. And he runs away. And that's the story. But it's, it's fun. It's like, if you can get past the first chapter of them explaining how babies are made, in their system. It's a good read. I like that chapter. (laughs) 
we were all trying to figure out what the heck decant meant. <laughs> we were like, they're saying decant every other word. What does that mean? <laughs> like pouring. <laughs> but he just said decant every single time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, back to me. Yeah. So, although I don't read read books, I do read a lot of audiobooks and whether it's a long road trip or I used to have a, a longer commute, like almost an hour each way, so I'd get plenty of books read read that way. And uh so I've got a pretty good library on Audible and one book that stands out, uh probably the the best book that I've read on Audible is by Eric Larson and he's had a couple good ones I've, I've read a couple of his and this one is called Devil in the White City and the full full title is Devil in the White City Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America so in his books he's got they're kind of historical based and, uh, and I don't know where he gets all these historical facts from but they're supposedly all historical facts but he'll paint the picture of one uh one thing happening and then another thing happening at the same time and they eventually end up you know combining or they end up affecting each other so it's hmm. it's a story of the 1893 world's fair but they didn't call it the world's fair they called it the columbia expedition um and it was in chicago and it was called the white city because they built this kind of venetian looking city but it was all made out of like white uh painted wood very uh very cheaply built but the uh the main story is about the architect who made this thing happen you know tran transitioned chicago into this world's fair this venetian thing including like redirecting rivers and you know constructing the whole town and then getting the the first ferris wheel built there and so all that stuff's going on and at the same time we got some dude that's uh that's decided he's going to make a murder hotel. Hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is real? Yeah. Yep. His name is H.H. H. Holmes. And uh, and lots of stories about him, but he's he's basically America's first serial killer is what they've wow. traced him down to. Hmm. So he was uh, a self-proclaimed physician. You know, I don't, I don't, he didn't go to doctor school, but he knew a lot about <laughs> doctrine. So he, he worked like that during the sure. day. He built a hotel because for this uh, big event that's going on, and this is a, a several-year event, like a couple of years, all the people from, you know, middle America and farmland America and all those are coming to the big city to see this thing. And they'd come by train and, you know, whatever. So they're all coming and they need a place to stay. So he built a hotel. He knew, hey, I'm going to have lots of people coming into town might as well make some money on a hotel uh, but but he specialized on like renting out rooms to uh, single females you know someone oh. coming from, from the farm coming to see the fair all by themselves needed a place to stay and then <laughs> he'd end up like murdering him wow and oh. uh, murdered lots of people disposed of their bodies in various different unique ways and uh yeah really really neat how that's going on and he's able to capitalize on this other big event this other big historical event that's that's going on at the same time i should read that i think i'd really like that yeah i actually read this one on a road trip to chicago oh so did by you the stay time, at the hotel <laughs> no but i went by it it's not a hotel oh. anymore now it's a, uh, a post office oh yeah hmm. interesting but yeah, really good, really good book. Okay. Back to you, Amber. The next one I will say is The Green Mile by Stephen King. I have read a lot of Stephen King books, but have not finished most of them because I don't know why. I just get lost or decide to read something else. But this one I did finish. Um, and I think it was the first Stephen King book I ever read. But The Green Mile is very good. It's about um, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's about a guy who is like a death row 
prison guard and you know he has to deal with all these prison guards or all these prisoners that are you know gonna die um and one of them comes in and he is committed for this crime that he did not do um and they're trying to find a way to save him i guess um and i don't want to spoil too much because i really like this book and i think it is really good and it's not like really horror-y at all like it's it's not like a scary book so if if anyone's worried about oh stephen king it's scary it's not scary but it is um kind of mystical and um like really good like it's just a super good book also a really good movie um that's a movie that i really enjoyed watching that's why i said tom hanks um <laughs> and um the guy from Elmo, Mr. Noodle. <laughs> Mr. Noodle. <laughs> He's in it too. Um, uh, that's kind of tragic. Um, is it Mr. Noodle or is it Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle? I, I think it's the OG Mr. Noodle. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really good one. Um, it's called The Green Mile because I think the, the pathway from the cell block to the electric chair is green tile or linoleum or something. So that's why it's called the green mile. Hmm. Nice. It's a really good one. When this book came out, it came out in the summer of uh, 96. It was mm-hmm. released in six books. Oh, really? So like every two oh, or three yeah. weeks or something like that. And they were skinny. They were like little 40 page, 50 page books or something. Yeah. I remember and it was formatted like that. Yeah. Your mother actually bought them. I remember buying them. You know, every time a new one would come out, we'd get it. And I thought that was so cool to to make a summer release like that, that you got to wait for the next the next uh, part to come out. It's like how Netflix is doing their shows now. Really? Well, they make they, you wait? Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> That's because they don't know if the writers are going to stop striking or not. <laughs> Let's make people wait for their shows. Just in case. I stand with the with the strike. Yeah, we stand with the writer strike. Just, just for the record. All right, Danny, what's up? I don't have any singular books left, but I will talk about a series. Well, it wasn't really a series; it's just like a collection of books. But um, Rainbow Magic uh, Fairy Books. <laughs> <laughs> They had they had like a fairy for like every name, every season, every color. <laughs> and I had the Danielle fairy. And there was also in the first series. This was the first one that I read of this series because I was big into these when I was a kid. Was Amber the Orange Fairy. And it was the second ever book because the first series was rainbows and orange is the second color. And it was Amber the Orange Fairy. And I was like, "Wait, I need to read the first one because it's talking about the first one. And they had like holidays and animals and <laughs> yeah, it was long. I think I was a pink fairy, but there was a I lot thought... of them in my school library. Elementary school oh, library yeah. had all of them. All the, all the kids would check them out. And it was... I would buy the special ones at the scholastic book fair. Yeah. They had like sparkly ones. Yeah. I don't remember what any of them were about, but... Oh, there was, like, a Christmas one that was, like, a minty Christmas oh. one or something like that. But they were good, and they were small little little books that little Danny could read when, <laughs> when Mom made her <laughs> when read Mom for forced 15 her minutes. Read. Amber loved these books when she was your age. You should try them. Yeah, but Amber no. likes reading. <laughs> <laughs> You'll like reading someday, too. Or else. Did you? I love it. Maybe you should try audiobooks, Danny. I love the concept of reading. I don't like... (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) You're such nerds. I would read... read. I would listen to audiobooks of the books I had to read for school, and I'd listen to them on two times speed so I could get through the chapters faster. Are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> we see how well you retained all of it. 
It was a good method. They were just on an island trying to survive. <laughs> that's that's about all that I gathered from that book. I'll be honest, I didn't fully read that book. Well, they started killing each other. They did. Not the fairies, not the rainbow fairies. It's <laughs> <laughs> got violent quick. No wonder the kids were snatching them off the show. Well, there was like a scary elf guy or goblin guy or something who was yeah. trying to steal the magic. And he would like freeze them, I think. I think they would get frozen and they had to use like the power of friendship or something to unfreeze them. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Some, It'd be awesome you if, know. The, if the elementary school had all these beautifully colored fairy books on their shelves and they didn't know they were about cannibalism and <laughs> you know, murder. All right, so my next book, you're going to see a theme. I like either historical books or I like autobiographies. And what's awesome about autobiographies is when you listen to it on an audio tape, if it's read by the person that wrote it, then that's like awesome because you get to hear some person basically tell you their life and their words. And a lot of times when, when that happens... Uh, they they go off script a little bit, and you can tell when they go off script because they're reading, you know, stuff, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Wait, I gotta just add this," and they don't edit that part out. So that's pretty cool. Um, but that's not what we're talking about just just yet. Still in the history realm, um, the next book is by John Gertner, and it's called The Idea Factory, and the full title is The Idea Factory, Bell Labs, and the Great Age of American Innovation. So basically, it's a, a book that tells the history of Bell Labs. And Bell Labs is was a laboratory in New Jersey back in the turn of the century, early 1900s. And basically, if you think about any major technological breakthrough in the, the early 1900s, all the way through World War II, it came through that labs. So that was the basically the R&D department for um, AT&T and uh, Bell, um, you know, the, the telephone company. Mm-hmm. So Wait, had, like Alexander Graham Bell? Yeah. So you had several different companies that were all under the same, you know, big parent company. And they had to split it up because it was part of, I, f- I forget what they call it, but it was part of the splitting up of a monopoly. But basically you had the local phone system, which was the, you know, Bell South or Bell North or whatever that system is. And then you had the long-distance phone company, and that was AT&T. And then you had the, the research and development company, which was Bell Labs. So they would come up with the technology, and and uh, it would either be used for their own equipment. Um, so they they also were the ones that got the first telephone line across the country. Or they did a lot of research for um, the, the military and stuff. So it pretty much World War Two. Everybody that that is uh, you know that knows what happened will will say that World War Two wouldn't have been won without the research that happened at, at Bell Labs. Wow. So they basically came up with uh, with sonar technology. Oh wow, that's crazy. So they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to hunt down the submarines. Oh, that, I know a fun fact about submarines. If you'd like to hear it, what's that? I know a fun fact about submarines. Let's hear it. Okay, so I forget if, I guess whenever submarines were used by the Americans, um, they would hide them in the water, you know, you know, like they would make a lot of noise. So they would land on patches of pistol shrimp, I think they're called, because pistol shrimp they have like the loudest, they can make the loudest sound ever by like the pinching of their claws. And it's like, it's, it's crazy loud. So in order to hide the big machinery sounds of a submarine, they would just agitate a bunch of pistol shrimp whenever they landed and, <laughs> and have those be super loud instead. Is this classified information you're telling us? No, I saw it on a YouTube video. The map hat. <laughs> No, it was Smosh. Because <laughs> Matt Pat was talking about the Yeah, pounds. Matt Pat was also talking about Pistol Shrimp in his How to Train Your Dragon video. No, it was Ariel. Oh. It was also How to Train Your Dragon. It was 
it was Ariel because <laughs> she would be so loud that she would burst Eric's eardrums. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was also talking about it in the dragon one because he wanted to see if, if like, how to train your dragon dragons could be um, feasible in real life. And there's like sound dragons, I guess. And he was like, yeah, there's animals that make big sound, like the mm. pistol trip. Anyways, interesting. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for the interesting tidbit of submarine technology. You're welcome. But yeah, so everything that you can think of, you know, satellite transmission, fiber optic transmission, uh, the semiconductor, which may not sound like a, a very important thing in today's age because there's 5 billion semiconductors and transistors inside, you know, your phone. Um, but back when everybody, everything was being used by tube technology vacuum tubes um it was basically revolutionary so if, if you are a geek that likes to learn about the history of electronics and invention then this is a great book the idea factory nice, nice. jinx right, back to you amber oh i'm surprised that you haven't mentioned this one yet and maybe it's on your list maybe it's not but Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you recommended that book to me, and I'm surprised that I didn't, you know, find it on my own first. Um, but Ready Player One is a phenomenal book that takes a lot of 80s nostalgia and references and just puts it all together. And, you know, while I wasn't around <laughs> during the 80s, I was raised by a guy who was around during the 80s, and so <laughs> I knew a lot of the references. Um, so it was really fun to read that, and um, because the book is, you know, the future, but a person who was, you know, a famous person who was obsessed with 80s stuff was like, he died, and he was like, okay, whoever can, you know, figure out my puzzles can... Oh, this reminds me of another book. Okay. Whoever <laughs> can figure out my puzzles Squirrel. gets my gets my um my company or whatever. So it follows the guy who is trying to figure out all the puzzles. And to do so he needs to know a lot of things about eighties movies and video games and stuff like that. And it's really cool. And the movie done messed up because they put Minecraft in it. That movie wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was good. But not if you read the book. And the sequel to the book was good, too. I haven't read that. You'll have to read it. Ready Player Two. Right? Yep. Okay. Alright, Danny. Well, I just thought of this one just now, but... <laughs> Ready Player that... Two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I read this book in middle school. It's called Cinder by Marissa Meyer. She basically made like a bunch of books on different, like they took a twist on different like fairy tales. So the first one is Cinder and it's basically about like a cyborg Cinderella. And um, that's the only one I read of her books. She also had like Red Riding Hood and all that kind of stuff, but it was pretty cool. It's like um, a fun twist on some cool fairy tales. So, good read. Cool. All right. Um, so, I said I like to hear uh, autobiographies read by their authors. And I've, I've read many. Uh, Steve Martin was a great one. Alan Alda was a great one. Uh, but the most recent one I've read, and I was really impressed, was 18 in Life on Skid Row. That's the title by Sebastian Bach. So Sebastian Bach is the lead singer, was the lead singer of Skid Row, which was a hair, hair metal band back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and uh, from New Jersey. Great band, and uh, Sebastian Bach's story is, is awesome. He's Canadian. Um, came down, joined a band when he was super young, 
and his whole life was just just a fantastic journey of of working hard and and making good music so it was really good and that's it's definitely one that that he would get off tangent and he, <laughs> he would just start going bonus content bonus content you know he's seriously like, he's like working the mic because he's like the <laughs> ultimate front man you know he was he was an awesome front man for this band so he he starts working the mic in in this audiobook you know studio like <laughs> bonus content and and so he just start like rambling off on something that he thought about while he was you know reading his book you know on the audiobook and then, and they go, okay, now, back, back to the book. It's like uh, in Wattpad when they put in parentheses in bold, A slash N, author's note. <laughs> put the author's note in. Yep. But that's, so, that's was his name actually Bach? Or did he yes. like change it? I, I thought it was a stage name, but it that's actually, and it, I think it's... Um, it's very close. Like his his real name is Sebastian. I thought that was that part was the was the uh, um, stage name part, but his his name is Sebastian, and uh, but but it's like Bork or something like that. Oh. It, but it's uh, but it's very very close to to Bach. Okay. All right. Up next. And you uh, might know him from the Gilmore Girls. Did you I watch the Gilmore that. Girls? I did. Okay. Who is he? <laughs> well, he would have been a long-haired dude. <laughs> I think he he was like in the band with like somebody in the show. But it's it's funny because he says he'll go to like uh, you know conventions and stuff, and you know someone my age will say, "Hey, it's Sebastian Bach from Skid Row," and then someone you know your age will say, "Hey, it's so and so from um from Gilmore Girls," but he was also in. He, he had his his whole like second career was all on stage too. He did Jesus Christ Superstar, Rocky Horror Picture Show, a lot of Broadway stuff. He was very famous for Jekyll and Hyde. Um, he played the the title role of 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 the Jekyll and Hyde, and he was great for that because he could go from you know mild mannered to just absolutely crazy. Bonus content. <laughs> bonus bonus content. <laughs> All right, and back to the All book. All right. We getting a check, an IMDb check from Danny? He was in it, but I don't. he was in seasons four through seven, so I didn't get that far yet. Well, get on it. Hmm. Too busy re-watching Walking Dead for the third time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that your summer show, The Walking Dead? Yeah. <laughs> mm, nothing more relaxing in the summertime than watching people die to zombies. Yep. All right, and I think I've expired my books, so let's go ahead and bring it back to Amber to close it out. Yeah, so I've got a couple honorable mentions before I close it out. Uh, the one that I remembered while explaining Ready Player One was 39 Clues, which... I loved the first book because it was written by Rick Riordan, the author of Percy Jackson. Um, and it was the best book in the series. The other ones quickly lost my attention because it wasn't Rick Riordan. Um, and another honorable mention is the Hunger Games. Um, I know it recently had a resurgence when the movies were on Netflix. And they're good books. They're It's like the best YA dystopia. And you don't need all the, the fakies after it. So those are my honorable mentions before I finish off with my favorite book. Divergent. Is, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite book, actually. No, uh, my favorite book is The Princess Bride. Um, now, if you've heard me talk about The Princess Bride movie, I've heard me, you've heard me talk about The Princess Bride movie. It It's like my favorite thing. But... The book I read years after watching the movie for the first time. I sat down and I was, you know, just scrolling, scrolling through the free books on the, the Apple app store, whatever. And Princess Bride was one of them. And I was like, you know what? I've never read this. So let me read it. And so I downloaded it to my, 
you know, small phone. <laughs> and this was, oh, kind of recent. This was like probably junior or senior year of high school um, that I read The Princess Bride. And it is such a phenomenal book. It is so good. You've got the author, you know, talking about it being his favorite book. And, but really it wasn't his favorite book because his dad skipped all of the, all of the like boring commentary on medieval life parts. And so he's like, I'm just going to abridge the book. And so he abridged the book and then it's the Princess Bride story. Um, and I love it because it gives you so much more background on like Inigo Montoya and uh, the giant, does they have a name? Fezzik. Fezzik. And then the Sicilian, you get like more background information on them and like more background information on like the entire world. Um, and it's really good. And the movie is a really good adaptation of it. And I was like, I really hope reading this book doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it, it didn't. And it's, it's amazing. And I suggest that everybody read it because if you're a fan of the movie, then you'll be a fan of the book. And also I wrote a college essay on it, <laughs> like a college application essay on the book because I liked it so much. So. Have you watched the COVID uh, no. presentation no. of it? Yeah. No, I haven't I seen didn't. it yet either. I'll have to watch it sometime. Is it all the OG people? It's like a bunch of famous people too. Oh, okay. Because so many people love that book and that movie that everybody right. that was, you know, at home had nothing better to do. Everybody <laughs> jumped on board with the idea. That's awesome. And the guy who plays the Sicilian, I'm currently rewatching Gossip Girl now. He is like a co-star in it sometimes. He's like one of the main characters' stepdad, so he's in it every now and then. Um, and it's so funny. He like throws in little like little mini references, like every now and then he'll say like the princess bride because one of the girls was going to marry a prince. So <laughs> funny. it's it's funny hearing that that reference there from that guy. Cool. Nice. Well, that was fun. Talking about our favorite books. Yeah, I need a whole nother episode just for me, for <laughs> my other favorite books. We can have a part two sometime <laughs> later. But I've already exhausted all the best ones. I'll have to read more books then. <laughs> you should read more books. Reading is fun. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Let us know what your favorite books are. Send us an email, podcast at familygeekery.com. Or send us a tweet or any other type of communications. And we'd like to hear what your favorite books are. Be sure also to check out the YouTube channel. Got lots of stuff going on there. And we're going to have some stuff uh, leading up to our uh, first little Comic-Con 2. So uh, some, some behind-the-scenes stuff getting ready for it. So check that out soon. And uh, other than that, we'll catch you guys next week. Until next time, peace, peace out. out and geek out. out. Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery Podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out.